What's good, Internet? Welcome to session 146 of Super GG Radio. Where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent, I'm back! And fed up with all this talk of Witcher. All you noobs who watch the show haven't even cracked the games. I am your host and true Witcher fan, Alex Arona. Eric Getty Gettinger's on assignment. Guesting, us, guesting with us this week is big brother to the podcast and true Witcher aficionado, Philip Arona. Is it true you've read every book in the series in the original Polish? Talk or Niet? Absolutely not. But I did watch all the videos of Henry Cavill building a PC shirtless, so you can say I'm a pretty big Witcher fan. Hey, who didn't? Uh, with And then uh, with me, as always, is our own mage, Joel DeWitt. Isn't that a daddy game? I heard you just spend hours walking and killing stuff, and then then you get busy with women. That that just sounds like the summary of Lord of the Rings that you always complain about with the movies. Like that that is the same synopsis for the thing that you complain about. The, well, hold on. There's a big difference in that sentence. You get busy. Mm-hmm. Which is for everyone. Which is for the kids, except for those parts where you get busy. That's I thought they kids. made Witchers out of kids. I think that you make. You have the Witcher. He then makes the kids. Uh, this is confusing. Uh, well, I mean, importantly, there's bards. And uh, we have our resident bard, Alec Parks. What's going on? You totally didn't read this up. <laughs> totally didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could, could have come up with a better song than Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. But that song slaps. You should probably toss him a sword with how many monsters they hunt. He's got two swords. One for monsters and one for the real monsters, humans. That's true. He has to swap between them. Because I've played those games, guys. Not the third one, though. Right. Well, it's the silver one for the monsters, the steel one for the Mm -hmm. real monsters. That's right. I haven't played the game either, though. Okay. Speaking of killing this week, I'm dying to talk about a spooky game and early adopters, bring up a sore subject in the news, and Roundhouse kicked this episode in the teeth with our backlog blog. But first, Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games that gave me an out-of-body experience. Real wild. Uh, we played Ash Pines. Uh, is Ash it me, Pines. or does looking, does looking at the title make me just want to have a headache? It's got like, a seriously. weird, like, kind of blurry, kind of weird, like... Uh, we talked about a magic eye picture. Before the podcast, because yeah. it kind of looks like. Uh, it, it, wa- it wants to be 3D, but it's not. It's just giving you a headache. Yeah, very much so. So Ash Pines is a... I want to say it has a lot of similarities to Silent Hill, but in a top-down 2D pixel art style. So uh, with, with a very uh, similar story, you're driving to a town of Ash Pines where uh, your dead uh, wife, someone has said they have seen her alive and, they, and you don't know who sent this letter and you're going to meet them in Ash Pines. It's very, very Silent Hill. Yes, that's, uh, yeah. that's exactly what I thought of when I first read that intro. Just very vague. You have this reason because this person is waiting for you here. Sort of siren call and then you coming into terror. Yeah, exactly. And and, and uh, it's got a, a a similar almost Resident Evil inventory system where you can use, examine, or combine items in like a blocky uh, backpack. And uh, things get real wild uh, very quickly. You find 
Uh, how would you describe this sort of creature, Phil? Uh, I would say it's a cross between that um, that creepy phantom creature from uh, Spirited Away. No, no, not Spirited Away. Um, uh, was it Spirited Away? You know, the the the, man, the phantom face thing? And uh, from yeah, one of the Miyazaki films? So, yeah, yeah, Spirited no Away. Yeah, exactly. It's like a combination between No Face and Ghostface Killer from uh, Scream. I'd almost say like Fanto, like an evil red-eyed Fanto from the Mario games, and uh, in, in a hood. And he is just going to town eating the owner of this motel. And from there, you kind of got to explore the little five-bedroom hotel while trying to avoid this mysterious creature that will just, uh, spoiler alert, bite your head off. Totally. Like, he will bite your head off like you are an ice cream cone. It's kind of satisfying, honestly. Like, he's frightening to look at, and the music is kind of scary, but watching him really take a bite out of you is, is kind of, it's like, oh. Oh, no. When, he, hungry, buddy. when he picked me up, and went, oh, I'm like, ooh, my head went smooth off. Yeah. I don't want to say, hey, was... man, you hungry? You want a Snickers? <laughs> there there was. You when you're hungry. There was no snap <laughs> by it at all. Chomped right through the, the throat and the spine. It, it uh, you know. He moves very abruptly at you, and just yeah, I did figure out how to did to work to play a little bit before oh, okay. today. Uh, but it is so swift and quick. Cause the first time that I encountered that in where he killed the shopkeeper owner, uh, I walked up to him and yep, fed, fed myself to him. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. What's going on, buddy? No, my first, my my first inclination, GTFO. And as soon as I did, I was expecting him to come out of the door after me, and he didn't. So I'm like, okay, so I just hang out here for a bit. So I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. So I went back in, and he was gone. I'm like, okay, he's gone. So let's search the room. <laughs> uh, GTFO is a different game, by the way. Yes, you know what I mean. So Joel dies first in the next horror movie, is what you're saying. You know, you go to give the killer a hug. You know, you think that's lipstick, not blood. You, you know, I, I blame I blame Undertale for this. It conditioned me to talk to monsters and not be afraid of them. We both know that you didn't beat Undertale, Joel. That's a goddamn lie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so as it seems, the monster is kind of randomized, whether you enter or exit an entryway. And... Uh, you explore the small uh, map park. It's a parking lot with these different rooms that will be accessible as you find different pieces, combine items, and uh, kind of find the mystery behind Ash Pines and uh, your, your deceased wife. I um, I didn't finish this one only because I had to run a bad RNG on a couple of occasions that kind of made me stop. If you enter or exit any screen, you're, the monster has an opportunity to appear. I the going into the the abandoned empty pool is considered a screen. So I had the monster was in the parking lot. I went into the pool and that changed the screen and when I did that the monster just ended up having to m- randomly appear in the pool. Oh. See when when I first went into the pool, I went into the pool and then suddenly you hear that noise that that when, when the monster appears and he was like at the lip of the pool, like above me, moving back and forth, and I had nowhere to go. So I'm like, well, time to die. So I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have gone in there. It was a trap, right? And I climb out of the pool, and he's gone. And I'm like, what? Where, where's cha- my death? 
going in and out of the pool is changing the screen. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but for me, it's like you don't—you wouldn't expect that, you know. Just leave the pool, and then the monster's gone. It's like where, where's my death? You're supposed to kill me. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff kept happening, where I would be, I would run away from the monster, and I would switch screens, and the monster would be right there. So I was like, ah, I'm having some bad luck. I'll cut it for now. Cut it for now. Just like the monster did my head. Joel, what did you think of this one? That was bad. Uh, it was interesting. I, uh, I I think the whole way that the monster sort of pops out randomly, I'm not sure I love that. Because, uh, like, yes, it's a good way to add that sort of, like, tension and panic in a horror movie-type setting. But it made it very painful to go screen to screen. And there are plenty of times where that monster it's hard to outrun them. You got to find a, another door or some way to get out of that screen quick. Uh, I found the sort of dialogue and navigation a little clunky. Okay. And I, I forgive that a little bit since it's a, a beta, you know, it's an early developed game and uh, they explicitly say there's no controller support at this time. But I, yeah, I think yeah. there, there to be something said about being able to control the dialogue speed a little more as well as maybe have key bindings be a little less claustrophobic in one space, you know. So hopefully there'll be different key options for like binding. But uh, I think it's an interesting premise. I, I'd be curious to see what happens with it from here, though. Okay. So uh, we should just keep an eye on uh, Ash Pines. Definitely, it looks like it's going to be a really, uh, a really interesting game. I'm, I've been, you know, trying to. I was at least during October, I was delving into some of the, the horror games, um, and one of them was Clock Tower. When I streamed that uh, for one of the Halloween streams for Super GG, and the whole time I see that his car was sitting in the parking lot. I'm like, get in, get in, get in, give me that option, give me that option, give me that stupid quick ending. Because I was surprised. The clock tower, you find a car sitting in a barn, and you find a key, and you're supposed to really just be able to open it, jump in, get a few things, and get out. But you can actually start the car and get out, and you get an ending. Hmm. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Awesome. It was a bad ending, obviously. Everyone else still died. You know, It's like, you escaped, but everyone died. But um, it was nice to see that that was an option. <laughs> you know, maybe you should focus on you. You know, they just think, right. about, think about yourself and your own mental health. It's like, everyone's <laughs> dead. I'm yeah. out of here. It sounds like this trolley problem. <laughs> well, you know, thinking about like mind bending perspectives. Uh, we played another game uh, this week called Minds Beneath Us. Minds Beneath Us is a, I call it like a 2D adventure game. And yeah. you are, you're, it reminded me a little bit of the game of uh, Flashback, was it Flashback? Oh yeah, the graphic style, it was very, yeah, I, the, I was first initially, uh, I thought of uh, Flashback and what's the one, Out of This World. Out of This World, yes, because your character doesn't really have like a, like a face, facial details, yep. but <clears throat> you wake up and you're in a hospital room and you start having like a conversation with a guy in a hospital bed. You guys were doing something illegal, as it turns out, some sort of smuggling job, and something went horribly, horribly wrong. And you both ended up in the hospital. You're not sure how you got there. You're locked in, and you're trying to figure out your way out. And uh, 
Yeah, it's got a really good twist to it. Joel, did you get a chance to play this one at all? I did. I ran through this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's just, it starts you out with that sort of mystery, right? Because you sort of wake up, you don't really know where you are. I joked about amnesia a lot uh, in the past, but... You love amnesia. <laughs> An okay game. Uh, but <laughs> they... They have you go through this whole exercise, like, it starts as you being trapped in this hospital room and just trying to find the lockout. And then it just throws a complete loop at you once you get to the point where you're about to figure it out, where it does the whole, like, if you're in an interrogation room and you flip a switch and the mirrors or windows turn into uh, just, like, windows Windows. to another room (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, And this whole organization that's sort of monitoring monitoring you saying that you're basically the sort of model of killer instead of an autonomous human being uh, and you're just a brain attached to a, a a body you know that they can interchange and whatever uh and then then more or less saying like you have to follow our direction to get the location of this stuff or we will kill you and kill him. Uh, but the, like the other crazy part is that they shortly say after like, no, actually, if you don't get this right through talking, we'll just cut into him and take the information out from his brain. So it's, it's on you to save him. If you want to try to talk through it, <laughs> did you save him? Uh, yes and no, because then I, when they try to kill him, you can mess with their instru- like how they're trying to kill him and make it so he doesn't die and kind of go against them, hmm. which is what I did. What about you, Phil? I tried to do that. I tried to do that, but I ended up picking the, the wrong or right thing, and I offed him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, so, you know, they jump you after that. Uh, a lot of things happen. Don't want to spoil it. But they jump you into another scenario shortly after that. But um, what I wanted to really catch was you know that twist that happens where you know obviously there's something else going on in the background but something that really stuck out to me was um the fact that when your character when the the body that you're in is resisting the extra personality in there uh the guy says blatantly uh i forget how how resilient you humans are Mm -hmm. it's like "Mm -mm." aliens (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> but it also feels like it's a future story, so it, it almost is like in this world, aliens do exist already. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but I did like the the idea that you are just this uh, faceless interrogator. It kind of reminded me of a game I, I reviewed previously called Silicon Dreams uh, for our website at uh, superggradio.com. And in that game, you were a robot interrogator who had to ask these different questions. This one, the twist is you don't even know that you're an interrogator till a little bit in, but it's kind of a fun idea to be in this agent that their job is to sneak in and, and be disguised as somebody that this person knows and trick them into believing you and giving up information. But that was such a cool pivot, though, because like at first it is just the frame from a you're both trying to escape, and then suddenly you're sitting down like a therapist talking through different questions with the guy on the the bed, and you're suddenly in the seat of like yeah, I'm trying to slowly bleed out information from him so he doesn't bleed out. <laughs> it's just it, it's a very cool pivot, and, and I like the way that they jumped to a new scenario because it starts all over again with like 
him popping into this body, him not being quite aware of what's happening, and you're choosing between like saying, wait, what's that? What do you mean? And sort of weirding out the person you're talking to or trying to play along a little bit and like allude to like pretending you understand and trying to figure it out along the way. Yeah, and uh, it again, there is something to be said about having that as a job. There are already... You know, they they use double agents now or people like, oh, yeah, this person is just trying to get information from somebody else. They flipped on them. But like, just imagine if like someone had strapped you, would, you would somehow got into a car accident and you wake up in a hospital bed because they have strapped VR to your face and you don't even know it. And they are using it to get information out of you. And all of a sudden you're boned because you didn't even realize that you were in VR. Like, this is all real. Like, this is all could happen. And it's wild that that's a... That we're getting close to a future possibility of uh, virtual reality espionage. Yeah, when they switched over for me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they switched over to that, like, um, to that moment, where we're like, okay, hold on, cut, cut, cut. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, like, okay, hold on. I'm playing along here. So what? What am I doing? What's my line? What's my okay, motivation? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I played Hamlet at Cambridge. <laughs> no, but it's uh, that it's like okay, okay, okay. I got, I got it. All right, and action. action. Okay. It comes back so alive. Where, yeah, where did you? So where did we put the stuff? I forgot. You know, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll play along. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I think I accidentally almost killed him. Like one of the things they're like, oh. Here you should be. Uh, he goes find the password, then undo the lock. And I went to like undo the lock, and it, like, I accidentally like check medical records, and all of a sudden it like like a serum got was like ejected into his neck, and I was like, oh god, what happened? That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I wanted to do at all. Nice. So there's a lot of there's there's some interesting takes to be had there, and, and I'm sure there's more twists and turns in a in a game uh, like that. So you know I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Keep keep an eye out on uh, Minds Beneath Us. I know I'm wishlisting that as we speak. Now, uh, I don't know who picks these games. It's Getty. But it's getting out of control. Let's call Getty, because it's Getty. And uh, take a break. We'll be right back. My generation ruined the economy. Getty. He's such an old man. <laughs> didn't ruin the economy. Didn't ruin nothing. I don't know. Well, Millennials are killing off the diamond industry. Millennials are killing off the homeowner industry. Millennials are killing off every industry that's out there. Didn't we? Didn't we create NFTs though? No, we're not. T- we're not bringing we? the NFTs into this. No, I, I think we. I think our generation I, might have. We mm, might have done some bad stuff to the world. No, I, I. I think the Zuckerbergs of the world are like. What Gen Xers? By That's now? Phil. That's Phil's generation. Thanks, Phil. Mm, barely, yeah. You're welcome. And, and we're elder millennials. News, news. Gonna go right past that one. <laughs> I heard us described as geriatric millennials, like our sub slice, and it's just like geriatric. Get the hell out of here. We're not even old. We're geriatric. <laughs> ah. 
guys are near 40 year old boy (laughs) all right well we got some news uh kirby and the forgotten land out march 25th that's exciting for a lot of people uh from my understanding march is getting packed have you guys seen the march lineup there's quite a few games coming out no do you have that list in front of you (laughs) i'm pulling it up right as we speak so uh, let me see the, here. The Kirby and Forgotten Land, like, the trailer was pretty cool. There, there's, so, I'm a casual fan of Kirby, uh, mm-hmm. and I haven't played any 3D Kirby games, if they're out there. But this felt very, I, I, re, I resist calling it, like, Mario Odyssey, because that's a high bar. But it had that same sort of, like, open world level style, and what seemed like a variety of different stuff to do. So, hopefully, if if it veers towards that, I think it could be really fun. I don't. A lot of people are saying it's Breath of the Wild Kirby, so I don't calling it the other way around isn't that bad. Um, so people are very excited for this. It looks good. I would. I feel like I might be interested in picking this one up. They gave Kirby a gun, which is wild in and of itself. Like I don't, what? I don't feel like he does. He needs a gun. I mean, no. I mean, he has projectiles in previous games, but never a gun. Yeah, projectile spit. Yeah. No, he's got a he's got a damn musket. What are the concealed carry laws in Dreamland? I mean, I, Kirby ain't concealing it though, so it's it's open carry. Hmm. He's very hyped on this musket. You know, yeah, just just swallow it and spit it back out when you need it. But then it's concealed carry anyway. It is it considered concealed if it's inside? You know what? There's a lot. There's a lot more questions that I don't want to. I don't want to get into. Sure yeah, we want to talk about uncomfortable hunk of metals. No, uh, take two by <laughs> to buy Zynga. I don't know. Do we need to go into Zynga? No, Bazinga. That but stock they is still exist. They're worth money, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Sony reportedly to end PS4 production by end of 2021. Apparently produced longer than planned. So they are still kind of making those uh, PS4s. Yeah, that meant to be 2022. Uh, oh, 2022, okay. <laughs> I mean, there was also a story there saying that Xbox has technically ended its production. So basically of Xbox Ones. So whatever yeah. is out there in the wild is it. Have you guys seen any Xbox Ones or PlayStation 4s out there? They're pretty dry um, here. Haven't been looking. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really looking. Uh, I want to say I saw some PS4s out there. Uh, I haven't seen any Xbox Ones. Yeah. But at what, have you looked at One X's? Hmm. I do know yeah. that I do know on OfferUp, OfferUp, the uh, PS4s are pretty high priced. I think they're like still going for like 400 bucks. PS4s? Yes, because again, people want to play video games and there ain't enough consoles out there. Wild. Yeah, I, I keep on forgetting the used market keeps on ticking up. Yeah. I mean, again, it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the, the shortages. I Pre-shortage, I was seeing PS4s for like 100 bucks. Right. Yeah, that that's where I expected it to be at. There's There usually is that like brief period of time between old console and new console where everybody's trying to dump off their old one to get ready for the new one. But yeah, uh, yeah I guess it's being disrupted a little bit with all this. So, uh, as far as March is concerned, we have Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Tiny Tina's Wonder Wonderlands. We also have um, 
Babylon's Fall, uh, which is Platinum, Platinum Games. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We have Project uh, Triangle Strategy. Oh, Funny got a release date? Yep. It's in March. Uh, Gran Turismo 7. Woohoo! Far Changing Tides, which is what I'm interested in. Uh, Stranger's Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. That's that uh, Dark Souls style Final Fantasy that we beta tested here on this podcast. Let's see here. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, guys. Hype. Rune Factory 5. Uh, have a nice death day. Wow, we got a lot still going. Yeah, so the, those are the, the high-ranking ones that are going to be coming out in March. Decent lineup. We eating, y'all. Uh, let's see here. Phil Spencer going into uh, Xbox Live not being a free speech platform. Joel, what do you think about this one? I just uh, I ran across it. I found it funny. I, there's been apparently some conversations lately about uh, online communities and how they moderate it. And uh, I just found that to be a funny anecdote. And I, I ran across some people talking about it online. And apparently on Bungie.net, their policy was you have no rights play nice which like sort of lines up with uh stool when you're going to stool and it's like this is not a democracy it's a dictatorship <laughs> you know you you follow the rules but um i i i think it's nice that it's something that's being actively monitored i i don't talk much with people online when i play multiplayer anymore so it's not something that affects me but I think it goes into a little bit more like um, there there was talk of at, at some point that they would start monitoring pro, uh, party chats on PS5. If you remember the story uh, when PS5 was coming out because they were saying that they they want people to be able to pr- to report other players for being toxic. Mm-hmm. So mm. in that case, they had made it so that they would like oh, okay we will monitor party chats and it's like well that's kind of private you shouldn't be doing that but then you know i don't think any conversations ever came of it besides like that was going to be a thing that they did so oh, i one like i have a couple of kids that are old enough where in the not too distant future i expect them to start having more communication online than they currently are now and so i'm I'm glad that that's being considered that way. But two, like, I'm I'm sorry. You play this box. You sign the terms and agreement. Part of that is we get to do whatever that we want on your box as long as it's as advertised and legal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was gonna say he's not wrong. This is a platform that they are providing. We abide by the rules or go do something else. And that's that's the fact. You know, if if there was a community produced thing, then I would understand. I would understand the uh, the argument of, you know, they shouldn't be monitoring it if it was something that was public or open source or, you know, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, to that point, you know, uh, when my boys play um, – when they play Fortnite, I mean, I turned off the audio chat. So, you know, we were hearing people in the background. It wasn't anything bad, but I wanted to kind of nip that before it did. So Real I quick. just turned, yeah. So I just turned it off altogether. All I can't remember. There was one game that we beta tested right when the podcast started. And I remember during that beta test, 
they had proximity uh, uh, audio, so it was only you could only hear people talking when they were close by, and there was always somebody playing semi-racist crazy frog songs. Oh, like, do you remember that, Joel? Was that Spellbreak? No, it was. It was the zombie game on the tr- where you, you like. It was like a train moving. Oh, that one, that one, yeah, and that that is very old school, like playing half-life deathmatch or uh, team fortress <laughs> type stuff you, you know like you're not talking on the mic you're keeping it on to blare creeds with arms wide open just the whole time on loop psychic warfare that's yes thing, man. <laughs> or psychological warfare i was going for a psychonauts reference there oh okay there you go psychonauts very in the zeitgeist right now yeah all right, uh, rumored Armored Core game uh, with possible leaked screenshots. Uh, how hyped are you guys on Armored Core? If it comes to PC. I don't see a world where it doesn't. Can you? I want to say I played, I played one of the Armored Core games for PlayStation 4. It was a lot of fun. That's from Soft from software i believe that's uh the guys who do dark souls yeah that's one of the series that they had been doing regularly before uh dark souls blew up and became its own genre of game uh i am ready for a new one like it's the last one i played was for answer and i think that was on playstation 3 and uh i mean i i love that style of you are going to pick every piece of your mech to create your own build and then you go out and test it and then you know see what fails miserably what you like and tweaking it to find the perfect build for you right uh, and that's what it does best and then i want i want it to retain that sort of like chunky i'm not sure if chunky is the right word but like that slow clunky movement you know and then having boost be the special thing that carries you around and that big meandering doom, 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 like a golem. Right, you know? right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want uh, Gundam for for this genre of game here. No. I, I want it to be uh, more grounded, but not quite like literally what a mech would do, like slow wandering around. I think you said the magic words, and I'm sure Getty's ears are burning, burning right now. Which word? You said Gundam. Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> Last piece of news, Deep Rock Galactic uh, have publicly stated they've added 6 million new players thanks to PlayStation Plus. Wow. Oh, you know, there's really only one thing you can say to that. <clears throat> What's that, Alec? Rock and Stone! Very nice. It's good for them. That's a good community. And uh, that's a good dev team just in general. Kind of keep it small, but also very communicative with their team and with their community. So... It's good that they're seeing a lot of new players. I went on their subreddit, and they were welcoming a lot of new people. That's that's important. Like you got to have a healthy online community to keep a game like that going. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that PS Plus bumped them that high. Like think about how Rocket League sort of skyrocketed because it was free on day one. Yeah, and I and I saw a lot of like, uh, you know video game personalities, Twitch personalities and stuff like that, all of a sudden now, like Deep Rock is hitting harder than normal. It's like, wait, you are not a PC player. You're a PlayStation player. You're like a PlayStation fanboy. Oh, wait, you're playing Deep Rock. Crazy. Okay. So I'll take good it. Good for them. Freebies. 
freebies this week. Galactic Civilization 3 on Epic Game Store and PUBG PUBG Battlegrounds has gone free to play. So if you want to play some PUBG, get on there. It is free. About time. It's a good one. It's a classic. Now, uh, hold on a sec while I explain inflation to Joel. Be right back, guys. And we're back, back with the Backlog Blog, where we play games that are my swan song. Joel, we got a little bit of a, yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Joel, we we have a, we have a friendly competition beat list, but this one isn't like, this year I'm trying to enjoy the games I'm playing, I'm not really like, reaching out, and some of the games, I, I'm already four games deep into my beat list, but it's like, these games are games that have been in my backlog that I've like looked at, stared at, and like this is the one I'm going. I've missed. I don't know why I keep stopping. Right. And uh, so, unfinished Swan. I must have played the first twenty minutes of this son bitch four times. <laughs> it is a storybook game where it is a first person, and your power is you shoot balls of. Well, the first section it's paint. Everything is completely white, and you don't know or can't see anything because it's just pure white. And it isn't until you start shooting and covering everything in paint that you can actually see that is a very detailed, uh, ends up being a kingdom. And so uh, you use these balls of paint to figure out the puzzles, and most of the time just trying to figure out where the hell you are going. Joel, had you seen this one before I, I mentioned it to you? Uh, I, I'm sure. Well, number one, it was on my PlayStation Plus, so I redeemed it at some point. <laughs> I checked yeah. Steam. I own it on Steam. Uh, uh, it was probably through some bundle. I don't recall buying it outright. Uh, it is one of those games that was kind of a, a pedigree indie game. What do we call it? Yeah. Like something that is mm-hmm. lauded by the community as like a shiny example of great indie games. Uh I actually, I would agree with the the quality. Like, it, it's is it as standout as something like Eat the Finch? I don't know. But number one, the gameplay itself is simple, but grows on itself in, in a way that you want games to logically work. So, like you mentioned, the starting point is you're shooting black paintballs, and it is to mostly illuminate just like where you need to be going because it starts down basically like series of rooms and corridors and eventually gets to that larger kingdom area Alex mentioned and that first part it starts very simple with just like I'm in a square room but then you start getting into rooms with like tables and chairs and food and stuff and then you hit staircases and one of the cool things that starts happening is that you'll start intermittently shooting at things and you'll see it splatter and create designs with that splatter. Or you'll shoot it at a staircase, and the paint will go through and hit the staircase, but then actually go past it to the actual wall, and creates this... It turns everything into an art painting, right? Through the means of just shooting around and trying to dip places. And then, logically, 
the puzzles change enough over time where it still feels fresh through most of it. So the second area, instead of using paint, you're using water. And you're using that water to grow vines that allow you to climb and reach other spaces that you couldn't before. And so then it creates this really cool like verticality of climbing walls and then it just changes your whole perspective of how you can interact with the world because suddenly you're just not walking from A to B and flipping switches and solving puzzles. You are now climbing walls and escapes that you couldn't before. And it so it's it's very it's very rarely like a very like a straightforward path. Mm-hmm. It ends up like now it ends up being like jumping and then you grow the vines that actually cross uh like a between two balconies and now you have to walk along that and then climb yourself sideways and also just like with the paint your the vines are kind of redesigning how the environment looks it looks beautiful with these vines overgrowing everything and kind of getting to where you need to go um the the third section you the Essentially, the you will, you can create blocks that will appear out of the ground, and you use them to platform. But the problem I had with it is that the first half of the third section, you are in a swamp, and there are lanterns lighting the way. When you are not in the light of the lanterns, you are getting attacked by spy- giant spiders. <laughs> yep. Did you burn it down, Alex? I damn near tried. This I would have burned the whole swamp down. So, Alex, where did he play this at? I played it on Vita, and this time I played it on I played it on PS4. Okay, so I played it on PS4 as well, and uh, it's it's been a long time since I've had the speakers on the controller spit out something at me yeah. on PS4. Yeah, uh, to the point where I had more or less forgotten that they exist. Uh, when <laughs> I I jumped when I heard the screeching coming out of that thing. Like full it's on, full on jump scare. It was frightening, um, but like that, nice. that whole section, it, it is painful because like you see the the eyes of the spiders sort of hanging right outside of the the darkness, and you see them sort of stitter around you, and uh, it becomes a very harrowing thing. But like the puzzles there are also really cool because you have to get to these places where you basically jump into. Uh, paintings or pictures a la like mario 64 and it's the same room except it's in like a bright and uh blue and white backdrop that you have to then use that same power to create platforms to get out of to move things forward yeah and you know it tells the story of a of a boy whose mother had passed and she had a magic paintbrush and uh, she was from a kingdom that he had not known, and in this case, he's kind of finding out what happened to the kingdom. And he's exploring the kingdom, and he's seeing what's left of everything, to the point that at the end he meets the king, and kind of just kind of relives the king's life and what had happened. Which again, the king didn't like that the colors were all uneven, so he just made everything white, and you had messed it up. And then he got rid of all the vines and blah blah blah. And like so, he just kind of 
kept finding problems and solving them with absolutes. People said it was too bright, so he made it constantly dark. He said that the people had the people said the vines were out of control, so he got rid of all plant life. Period. You know what I mean? Like he just kept doing these absolutes until he was absolutely unhappy. And the story is told through this kind of like Alex said storybook, but you hit these new chapters and there will be a letter, a gold letter on the wall where you'll splash paint or water and it'll illuminate a page where this woman narrates the story with the actual uh, color book picture. So like it, it, they interweave it very well in between the different sections and keeps it very much like that children's book style. And they're telling the story of the boy as well as the king as this sort of like interweaving broader story into each other so it's also this kind of fun like we're telling the real story of this boy in the real world and we're telling this fantasy story of the king and then you sort of see how it interwines and converges yeah so i would recommend the unfinished swan that is one that's been in my backlog for a while and uh i'm glad i'm glad i finally uh kind of put a pin on that one i'm gonna keep doing this i actually have a list of uh games that I've kind of started and, you know, played 20 minutes to an hour of and then just kind of tossed aside. So I'm going to continue bringing those uh, to the backlog blog. Uh, also, I would recommend anyone pick this up. It's 15 bucks. Took like, what, two and a half hours? Yeah, about. Yeah, so. Now, uh, the next piece for the backlog blog, I just wanted to mention, Alec, you started streaming Dragon Quest Eleven. I did. It's, it's a beautiful uh... game. 3D renders. Uh, you know, it's the artwork from the guy who did Dragon Ball. You know, you know that 3D. You've seen Dragon Quest Ten. You've seen Dragon Quest Nine. That's just like this beautiful 3D combat, and you do everything 2D top down. I love it. It's the 2D top down's the way to go. It feels. It's got that nostalgic feel to it. Joel, have I, you heard about this? Huh? So no. So you can switch. Yes. You can switch point of views. You yeah. can switch to old school style two D JRPG or beautiful rendered three D. I mean, I kind of dig that option. It's not. It's it, if you want to be. If you want to play it as a different experience, then why the hell not? I mean, I, I I'm all for you know doing the three D thing, but sometimes you just want to play an old school top down RPG. Do it. I just wanted to make fun of Alec because I, I jumped into him playing it and I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is ridiculous. He's playing Dragon I'm Quest. enjoying my game, sir. Enjoying That's it. It's good. And you're, you're, how, how far are you into this one? I, I, I'm at six hours, so you owe me that uh, PS5 now. It didn't make that bad. But mm. continue. You're just digging a hole, <laughs> man. I don't. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, no. So I finally. Uh, I just filled out my party initially, based off of what I'm seeing in it so far. You can. You're gonna get uh, a fuller party and the ability to switch and have some customization. Okay. Um, you play as the reincarnation of the luminary who previously banished some ultimate evil oh so that guy from that guy that that guy from smash brothers sure <laughs> no seriously he's in smash. edric oh is he the hero yeah that's dragon dragon quest one was edric yeah i don't know who that is in dragon quest 11 i don't know if it's actually connected to the other dragon quest series straight up like that uh you have this period of Go, there's an optional kind of side quest thing where you can go back to other worlds, other hero stories, 
that have been mm. corrupted by monsters, and I just got the first one of those. Uh, pretty digging that. Cool. I, yeah, not too not too far into it based off of my understanding. I should hit up how long to beat and see if I'm ever going to finish this game. Well, the tricky part about that is that if you look at that, it may be insurmountable, and then you uh, you may never want to do it. Breaking up into little chunks, that's how I'm doing through SMT5. <laughs> that's the only way I would get through mm-hmm. SMT5. Alec, what's your breaking point on, on these games? How long you got? Boy, 57 hours. I was going to tell you. Story. Man. <laughs> uh, no, so... I mean, I look at it, and like I've been streaming the previous Final Fantasy games since with the Pixel remasters, and I've put 20 hours into Final Fantasy V. So, you know, it's not... Four of those. Yeah, it's just three. Three of those. Because I'm over here, like, sending screenshots of being at 103 hours in Persona 5 Royal and being like, well, I finally got to the last dungeon, guys. Oh, about to no. start it. No. <laughs> I don't think I've played a game longer than Persona Five, ever. There's so and, and like the, not the side rail. I don't don't want to hell it. I'm not trying to railroad your, your. No, here. you know that's about it. I don't. I haven't been into it, which is crazy. That it, I feel like at six hours that I don't have, a lot to talk about other than, bits of story, and it's still I don't have a final idea. You're the reincarnation of the luminary. And this king that was supposed to help you out is gone guano and is like, no, the luminary brings darkness because without light there can't be darkness and you get thrown in jail. So you're on the run from the beginning of the game because of crazy reasons. I don't know. There, you know, the, These games now, like they always have like some crazy things going on. The, the, the last Ease game... Uh, I think when it comes out, like the game starts and it's like, hey, you're that hero that always gets into shenanigans. He's like, yes, I am. And he goes, you're under arrest. And that's kind of how the game starts. Like, you're always getting into trouble every place you go. We don't want you to cause any more trouble. Go away. We're going to put you in jail. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. Yes. They really kind of lean into it now. Anything with the Kira Toriyama art, I'm all for. What this really, though, reminds me of and that makes me want more is another a new Dragon Quest Monsters. But what, what did you think on Builders? Builders was pretty good. Not my overall cup of tea. I like that it has a storyline and things to do. I got about 10 hours into that, maybe 15. Yeah. Okay. Same. Now, uh, Phil. Thank you, Alec, by the way. Uh, Phil, you had uh, brought a game that has been on me, uh, Joel and I's backlog for a little bit of time that we just hadn't looked at. And, Cause we, we literally said, Hey, we're going to look at this for the podcast and then just never talked about it again. You brought golden axed golden axed yeah. is the prototype of a golden axe remake. That was in fact axed. It was canceled. Yes, it was. And I, like just like you and Joel, it's been sitting in my Steam uh, library, and I'm like, every time I'm looking for a game, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I own that. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I actually really like the Golden Axe one and two, so uh, you know, I figured, all right, well, let's give it a shot today, and I started playing, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is very, very much Golden Axe, and it's it's basically so again, it's 
Since it's a canceled prototype, there's not a whole lot there. Basically, it's one stage, and you're just fighting off waves of soldiers that come after you as you move, it looks like, through a castle. And it takes you to the throne room where Death Adder is sitting on his throne, watching you thrash all of his guys. And if I remember, the first Golden Axe was just like that, too. I want to say uh, in, the, in the final stage, you, you basically just stroll up to Death Adder's uh, throne and then challenge him. And uh, it was very similar to that. And once you kill all of the bad guys, you don't get the pleasure of thrashing Death Adder, unfortunately. That was actually a, a, that was actually a text between me and Joel that Joel goes, Motherfucker, they didn't even give us. Let me get, fight Death Adder. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a real tease, right? <laughs> stops, stops right there. I was expecting him to get up at mm-hmm. any time. Mm-hmm. I uh, my my history with uh, Golden Ants. Uh, first time, what time I played it was my parents had an old Amiga Commodore computer. Uh, back mm-hmm. in that day, my uncle had one as well, and my father would receive several uh, floppy disks. That were clearly not purchased, but had games on them. Uh, and Golden Ats was... You buy those from a flea market. Uh, a Commodore or floppies? Floppies. Mm. Both. I I would consider getting a Commodore if I could find one. Uh, but that copy was corrupted, so every time you got to Death Adder, it'd freeze. Oh, <laughs> But I would still play it over and over again because it was just a lot of fun. Uh, so, yep, yep, beat it. And, and then, like, playing at the arcade, where, like, the true good version was at. Uh, it was always, like, a three-cabinet mm-hmm. game, though. It would be, like, that and the Knights of the Round Table and, and another uh, one of the uh, side-scrolling beat-em-ups. The, uh, Knights of the Round Table was one of my favorites. I don't remember that, that one. By Capcom. Knights, Knights of, it was just called Knights Excuse of the Round. Okay. Yeah. It was... Uh, King Arthur, Percival, and Lancelot. It was a three-player uh, beat 'em up. Right, Capcom. right. It was pretty good. It was. And you gained levels, which was super cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, you know what I liked about oh, this looks familiar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've played it before. Yeah, okay, I played this. Uh, th- this is actually a very good prototype of a game like this. Like it, it feels like Golden Axe. It feels a little smoother than old Golden Ants because the old one was very stiff and slow. This one has a little bit more movement speed to it. Uh, the attacks, you feel the heft and weight and punch of them when you hit them between the, the low and the, the high damage hits. Uh, and, and you are a little more able to fluidly like roll around and try to dodge and get out of the way. And did you guys figure out how to use the magic because i did not find a magic button for them i mashed every i mashed every single button on the controller and it wouldn't because that was wasn't just jump and punch at the same time did he did it working i just didn't have the game oh (laughs) it was it was it was a limited it was a limited time thing right available so for those who listening to the podcast you probably won't be able to get it if you hadn't gotten it during sega's anniversary uh Right, it was like their 60th anniversary. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, something like that. There's also a um, Streets of Rage style game with Yakuza characters called Streets of Kaburocho. Yeah, that uh, we also own. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. But anybody who's played Golden Nats, that's like one of the things that sticks out is using those magic moves because you pick up potions from these little like fairy type creatures. The more potions you have, the bitter like powerful attack that it would happen on screen and uh 
the other part of the fun part was like the bonus stages in between levels would be just you at a campfire, those little things stirring around and you having to hit them to pop more potions to pick up and stuff. Just very smacking the imps around. Very, very distinct (laughs) memories of that. But overall, like this is a very cool prototype. It's a bummer that I didn't go anywhere beyond this, but I'm also not terribly surprised. That's what happened with it. I, it's funny you were like this plays really well, and I'm like, did it? I found it. I found it a little sluggish, and and uh, I was getting, I was getting, it was getting framey on me. I was getting like 20 frames a second. Hmm. So I mean, yes, the 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 uh, they did a, the punches felt like they had weight, but uh, the rest of it, I was like, I don't. I could probably see why this got axed because it feels a little 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 slow, a little sluggish, a little molassesy. Well, I mean, isn't that the hallmark of a beta or an alpha? That's it's gonna do that. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I but yeah, in this case, I was I, this one. I was like, oh, okay, this could have been a little bit smoother. But you know, proof of concept. And I say, and it's funny because like part of the disclaimer that they put in front of the menu screen is that like this was a shelved project that is going to have bugs and errors, but the team who made it is happy that it's out there in the world for pe- for people to experience. So like. Yeah, yeah, it does some of that caveat, but it was it was cool to sort of revisit that time in my life with a more current-ish version of that. I'm glad they released it. It was it was definitely fun to play, as short as it was, and you can kind of see where they were where they were going. And there was some interesting things, like you could hop into like almost the foreground. Like there's the little like the there's a little section where you could just hop into the front and nobody could attack you. I'm sure that that was a, a bug, I guess, but you could also hop into the back. Like there was a section where there were some stairs and I tried to go up the stairs. Obviously nothing happened, but I was just like, I wonder, I wonder if at some point they give you the option to go upstairs and get something and then come back down. That'd have been pretty cool. Oh, like they had future plans that they were going to do this part and this part. Yeah. I mean, possibly because you could jump, like move up to the back and then be in the back section. And, but where there was, it was a door and some stairs mm, Okay, and you, know, you could, you could almost walk up the stairs, but it wasn't going to let you, but mm. okay. I cool. It was definitely a good concept. And I thought the animation looked really good. Yeah. And I thought the, yeah, the artwork was good. It was very golden axe in a modern era. We, we are in sort of like a reemerging beat em up. You know, like rent, I won't say Renaissance, but like they, they reemerge as a uh, common type of game between the new Ninja Turtles game coming out here pretty soon, Shredder's Revenge, uh, the River City Girl games, uh, Streets of Rage 4. You know, if they scaled yeah. back it into more of a, again, straight 2D instead of like these 3D model type things. Uh, It'd be nice if they would try to revisit the concept and see if there could be a current version that's uh, more modernized but wouldn't break the bank for them. Let's get a new alien. Yep. Uh, Was it alien versus the predator? Uh, Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Let me get some new alien versus predator. You guys played the Punisher one? Yes. Uh, That was a good one. Well, I was just gonna say street the the new like the revamp Streets of Rage four, like that song. That's a good song. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Joel, as they say, you eaten with all these beat 'em ups. But I'm going to move us into one last thing. One last thing. We give one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend. New listener to the weekday. Getty's gone, so I'm taking my thing back. 
Uh, for me, I am kind of I'm really going hard into that backlog. Joel, let me take you back. Let me take you all back. When I got back into gaming after I had taken a hiatus during World of Warcraft, I downloaded through a friend's suggestion Steam, not knowing what I was getting into, not knowing what it was for, not knowing anything about it. And this was real late. This is during the 360 era, so Steam was at its height. Sales were a mass. This is where you can get 15 games for 15 cents. And I was like, well, I got this computer. I got this Steam here. I don't know what it's about. I look at the store and it says, oh, here's something on sale. I'd never seen it. Uh, but, you know, I just said, I'm going to pick a game. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to buy one game and then I'm going to beat that game. Then I will buy a second game. We all know that didn't happen. We all know that didn't happen. But the first game I ever bought on Steam, Quantum Conundrum. That will be, uh, I'm going to finish Persona 5 Royal and then I will beat Quantum Conundrum. I played that on PlayStation 3. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be yes. interested in that your was, thoughts. That was the first game I bought on Steam. and I will defeat it now. Joel, your one last thing. Oh, uh, I don't have shit. Sorry. <laughs> I got brain drain. I, I've got the, I've got a taste of the brain scramblies this week, guys. I, uh, <laughs> I've got nothing to Is shit. that a thing? Brain scramblies? Uh, what we do in All the right. shadows. Oh, there yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That took me a second. Alec, what's your one last thing? Can we change the uh, beat list to uh, close enough to beat list? Because that's the only way I'm going to even come close to your guys' numbers. How do we define close to beat if we count that? Well, yeah, because you're so, playing like 10 hours of a 60-hour game, my friend. That doesn't count. Well, so Final Fantasy V. Uh-huh. I'm at the part that's grindy and boring, but all that's left is to kill the boss. I, are you just not high enough level? That's right. I, I think we need to math this. We need, we need some sort of formulated way to calculate this. So what what percentage of a game do we think is an acceptable beat percentage to count as a beat for Alec? <laughs> uh, we can give him a we can give him a 20% handicap. As, or as I say, can we can we do it measured off the how long to beat number maybe <laughs> and say like, okay, this game lasts 10 hours. If you beat 8 hours worth of it, then you can count it. That's a twenty percent handicap. Yeah, I think we could, I think we could do that, Alec. There we go. Don't tell Getty, but you get a twenty percent handicap. All right, Phil, you got one last thing. Uh, sure. This stupid cable stopped going mono on me. <laughs> I'm only hearing one side. I gotta pull it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to beat uh, SMT five. I'm in the final area. I just need to. Well, I need to kill Odin. Mm-hmm. And kill uh, not not Vishnu the the current stand-in for the uh, Indian god. It wasn't Vishnu or any of the other guys. It was a, a Kohansu, I think. No, no, no. Kohansu is the, um, the Egyptian god. That's optional, but I know for a fact that if I want to get the true ending, I have to fight Kohansu. So I got to grind to at least level eighty, and then I'm at seventy-two now. So I'm not that far off. Uh, and then once I finish off the old gods, then go through the final stuff, and then I can get the true ending. There we go. That's it. So you'll be doing all that by next week. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But you, you will be back next week to talk uh, with everybody about your thoughts on SMT5. 
correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where Alec will be streaming some JRPGs on Sunday. Alex will be con- Alex will continue doing whatever the hell he wants on Mondays. Uh, I started that you know another backlog one. I really liked Mirror's Edge. I started at Mirror's Edge too. Does not stream well. Yeah, it was Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Oh. Uh, it's hitchy as hell on my stream, but mm. I'm having fun. So we'll see. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll switch it off of that one because that one was getting hitchy. Maybe I'll start Quantum Conundrum. We'll see. Joel, how's it takes two? Too long. Um, we uh, by by a time record, recording coming out, I'm praying that we had finished it on Saturday. Uh, Kelly's more or less said like, "Come hell or high water, we're gonna finish it on Saturday." <laughs> it, it's a good game with neat ideas, but we'll save my complaints for later. No, that was the big complaint of everybody. It takes two is too long. Okay, and Joel will be streaming Tuesdays and Saturdays podcast on thursdays and the rest of the week is open to relax maybe watch some awesome games done quick that's what i've been doing it's a real fun thing it's a real fun time i like that i like that series and if you'd like to reach us with questions or input our email address wait a minute hold on we also have superggradio.com where you could uh find lots of reviews and editorials we got content creation coming along we have two. We have a review and an editorial this week. Two reviews next week, possibly the week after. So we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm 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 very excited for our website, our writing team, and uh, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start cracking the whip on some videos. Where's that Whisker Squadron, guys? What's Whisker Squadron? If you'd like to reach <laughs> us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superdgradio.com and provide a review on iTunes or the holy hell stop promoting of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good game. GG Alec. GG. GG Phil. GG Alex. GG and GG. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Time for the phone.